Well, greetings, dear friends. It's good to be with you once again in our Wednesday Bible classes and Bible studies. It's a joy to have you with us today. We've just broken into the first part of June and uh, 2021. So we just greet you here with us. Now, I want to continue with this session where we were uh, in our last Wednesday session. And it, it has to do with the same theme that uh, that we have been following. And you, you remember, you who have been watching these sessions for, oh my, a number of years, or a reasonable period of time, that we spent at least two years looking at the feasts, the feast of the Lord, uh, which he gave to Israel. And uh, those seven feasts, uh, summed up in the three major feasts, Feast of Passover, Feast of Pentecost, Feast of Tabernacles, and all that made those up. And we took a long time doing that and, and uh, did most of them in a, in a thorough way. We spent a long time on the various aspects of all of those feasts. And, and then as much as we could at that time while presenting the feasts themselves, we began to also sum those feasts up in Christ, show their fulfillment in Christ. And uh, I remember one of the things that, that we were looking at uh, with regard to all of everything set forth in those feasts, for us coming to be found in, fulfilled in Christ. And that all of them, how all of them spoke of a reality into which we were brought by the Spirit of the Lord. And that reality, as we were talking about it, was the reality of our being in Christ. Because that's exactly what, that's exactly what those feasts uh, lay out in a very broad way. Uh, because of the tabernacle, because of the priesthood, because of all of the reasons that we gave for that two years ago. It brought us to a realization, the old tabernacle being done away, uh, right up to and including the Temple of Solomon, and that being done away, the old priesthood being done away, and in fact, the old creation being done away, brought to its end by the cross, 
and that what we find in Christ is not a temple of God made by hands, but a temple of God raised up in the person of Christ himself in whom we now dwell. And in our union with Christ, we find then that we, that we, be, that we are identified uh, with a new temple. Um, and we are set as, uh, as stones, living stones, in that <clears throat> new tabernacle or that new temple. Uh, also, we are referred to as the house of the Lord, which we're going to look at in a minute, the house of the, house of the Lord, uh, uh, because He has raised it up. And the body of Christ, the body of Christ because He lives in us. Uh, so what, what have we been looking at? We've been looking at our union with Christ. And in looking at our union with Christ, we are looking at the salvation of the Lord that has been given to us in the Son of God, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hunting the types and shadows in the testimony of the Scripture, the Old Testament, the testimony of salvation was never, never defined as just a deliverance from something or a getting out of. Like, for instance, the, the salvation that was given to Israel or that was set forth for Israel. That salvation was not based upon or was not satisfied by them getting out of Egypt, but rather the salvation of the Lord was set forth in a way that though it brought about a deliverance from something, out from something, uh, it was not about getting out, but it was about a greater work of God than, than delivering them from Egypt. And we could stay on this a long time, uh, but they were delivered from Egypt. Uh, the, the furnace of iron, the, the, the place of torment and, and, and of slavery and all of that. And they were. But that didn't define their salvation. What defined their salvation was entering into Canaan and all that Canaan at that time stood for. Uh, it's the same in their first coming out of, of, of Egypt on that uh, first feast that was given to them of the Lord, Feast of Passover. They'd, they'd never had one before, Feast of Passover. The Feast of Passover centered around and was dependent upon a lamb. 
to every man a lamb, to every family a lamb. And the, the point there was that God looked at Israel as one Israel and one family, and he looked at the lamb as one lamb. Though Israel was many, God saw them as one son. And though they used many lambs, God saw it as one lamb. And in the Hebrew language and in our King James Bible, uh, it is very clear, one lamb, one lamb, one lamb. Though obviously many lambs were used, God's instructions revolved around every house a lamb, to every man a lamb. Because all of that was in type of the one true Lamb of God, Jesus Christ Himself. Now, and we look at that even today in, 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 some, in some forms of Christianity, we look at that, and it looks as though the Lamb was the, the, uh, the escape mechanism, uh, you know, that it was the Lamb uh, through His blood uh, that got them out. But Yes, one lamb and his blood was necessary, but it wasn't really for getting them out because it was put upon their door and they had to enter in. And when they entered into that house, which wasn't just now a mud building anymore, why? Because the blood was upon its door and it wasn't just a simple old door anymore. No, it was all a God-given type of Jesus Christ. Not just pouring out His blood, and, but, but entering in. Entering in through a door that was sanctified by that blood and covered by that blood. And in their entering in by way of the door, they obviously did. They were coming out of Egypt, but they were coming out through entering in, not just getting out and then running free, and now we need, we're all free, let's go find something to do. See, that's the whole, but that's, Today, unfortunately, that is the view that many have of salvation. I'm out from sin. I don't do what I used to do and all of that. Now I need to go try to find me a church that I like. And, and many times they go and find a church that has a choir they like or has a, a preacher they like or has something that they, that they like that they can see and hear and feel and touch and all of that. Well, okay, fine. But still, hon, that's not... See, that still doesn't define our salvation. It doesn't even define what, what the church and who the church really is. But we look back at the old covenant, we fail to see the testimony there of Jesus Christ himself. The Jews were the same way. Jesus told them, he said, I know that you search the scripture. You do search the scripture. For in them you think you have life. And they are they which testify of me. How many of them? All of them. They are they which testify of me. But you will not come to me that you might live. 
See, that's the point, and that's the problem. Our concept of salvation in many cases keeps us from seeking a greater, a greater relationship with Christ in our heart. Because we seem to think that through coming to Christ and accepting Him, whatever form we may do that with, but in acknowledging Him and becoming a Christian and going to church, that one day then we'll make heaven our home. Well, see, the Jews, the Jews messed up on that too. They were taken out through the Red Sea, through, through the Mount Sinai. They were brought to the Jordan River. They refused to enter in, and they all died in the wilderness. They all died in the wilderness in 40 years. They thought their whole mindset was they were no longer in Egypt, so there was no point trying to enter into Canaan. No point in doing that. They could just serve God wandering around in the wilderness. But that wasn't the salvation that the Lord had set before them. And if you remember when they came to Jordan to enter in and they didn't do it, the door that was set before them there in Goshen, in Egypt, is the same door that was set before them there. And they wouldn't enter into it. They, they entered in in order to, that they thought it was an exit out of Egypt. Okay. But now the reality of that door is not an exit out of anywhere. It is an entrance into Canaan. In fact, the door that they, the, the door they entered, the same door, the door of the blood upon it that they entered there in Egypt was the door into Canaan. Oh, yes. It was the same door in God's mind, hon. We need to come to see our salvation as it is in Christ and as the Lord our God would show us by His Spirit so that our whole concept of salvation would come from one of escaping, one of getting out, to one of being in. So for now a year or so in these sessions and others, we've been looking at the reality of our being in Christ. We haven't been teaching the phrase, the reality of our being out of sin. No, no, fine. Sin is, yeah, yeah, sin is dealt with. Sin is dealt with at the cross. But the reality of that that the cross, which is the door, Jesus said, I am the door. 
I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. All of that is summed up in the cross, hon. In the cross. And it's still the door with the blood upon it. And it's still not a way out of anything. It is a way in to eternal life. It is the way in to our union and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ as being His body and our relationship through Him with the Father as being a new creation of God in Christ Jesus. All these things that so many seemingly in Christianity are waiting for is already fulfilled in the person of Christ. And we have that, if you are born again, hon, Christ is in you. Whether that's, whether that's the definition somebody has handed you when you, you know, signed your name on whatever or not, if you are truly born from above, truly born of the Spirit, truly born again, Christ is in you. And everything that He is, He is in you. And if you're born again, then He's in you right now. And we've been looking at that, the reality of our being in Christ. Because He has brought us unto Himself that where I am, He says, you may be also. And what He's talking about is our salvation, not something yet to come. Not, not a prize, you know, no, no, that is yet to come. Christ is our salvation now. Israel's salvation was real and determined. And in the mind of God, total and complete, when they entered in to the door upon which they had had to put the blood of the Lamb and sat down and ate the Lamb. From that time on, God dealt with Israel as, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. He dealt with Israel. in view of his son, that Israel become a living testimony of that salvation, which was planned, purposed of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I know how that fell apart. I know how that fell apart. And I know how I know how what God dealt with Adam concerning with, with Adam and planned and purpose for Adam fell apart. Now God's plan didn't fall apart. What God purposed didn't fall apart. But Adam fell apart. And Israel fell apart. What else do you call that in the wilderness where all of them that came out that were above a certain age 
all died in that wilderness and those, you know, they used their children as an excuse for not going into Canaan. Their children in the next 40 years grew up and they were the ones that went into Canaan. Because the scripture, what we call the Old Testament, that was written, written of God through Moses and the prophets and all of that, all pointed toward, all pointed toward the salvation that was yet to come. And that everything that the Lord had given them and, and, and provided for them was a was a type of something better to come. Now, hon, you and I have received, we haven't received a type of something that's better to come. We have received that which was, that which was spoken of God through types and shadows and ways and means and diverse means we have received what the types and shadows were pointing to. We have come to the better, to the better. We have come to the perfect. We have come to the fulfilled. We have come to the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he himself is the substance of our salvation. So, we've been looking then at what I've began to just refer to as the greater works of God in Christ. Greater than the tabernacle of Moses, greater than Moses, a greater glory in Christ than the glory that Moses saw and the glory that from time to time as a cloud filled the tabernacle and with Solomon filled the temple but a greater work than that of Solomon and a greater king than that of Solomon is now come. The scripture are very clear on that, hon, in the New Testament. Now come in Christ. And that's the works at which we need to set our heart and to set the eyes of our understanding upon that we may behold what God hath done, not, not just set our imagination upon what we believe that God will do. The scripture testifies 
in the, New, in the Old Testament. But it's what Jesus called the Scripture. Search the Scripture. It's what Paul called the Scripture. You understand that? And it is the Scripture. And the Scripture speaks of that which will come. Christ has fulfilled the Scripture that declared that which was to come. The New Testament, and don't, don't get all wrapped up in the word old and new, but we call it the New Testament, was written, was written by the apostles who were not declaring something that was yet to come, but declaring the one in whom they lived and the one who now lived in them. They were declaring the gospel, which is Christ. And most particularly Paul was declaring that gospel, which was not written on parchment, nor written on stone, but was revealed of God in the person of His Son. Not that His Son was far off or far away, but that Son which was in them. Paul said, it pleased God to reveal His Son in me. And he was talking there in his letter to the Galatians, who had left that reality for, for, for the law. Tell me, and, and they weren't under the law in the first place. But they had believed some of the Judaizers that they needed, they needed to serve the law that you know, what Paul, what Paul says may be true and this, that, and the other, but, but, but you, must, you must keep the law as well. And we don't need to spend all afternoon on that. What Paul said is, you have left the gospel. You have left the gospel for another which is not another. You have left the gospel. And that's right after that, he told them in that letter that it was that gospel that he had received of God, for it pleased God to reveal his Son in me that I might preach him. So then, what is the gospel? No, who is the gospel? And that who is Christ himself. I know these things sound simple to us, or they sound like simplicity. But actually to say that the gospel is summed up in the person of Christ and revealed of God is a very profound statement in that it is 
one of the greater works of God in Christ. God revealing His Son in you, hon, is one of the greater works of God that are in Christ. The opening of the eyes of our understanding, Ephesians chapter 1, the opening of the eyes of our understanding that we may know. That's one of the greater works of God in Christ. Now I say one of the greater works of God is be, but be, because you won't find that work of God in the Old Covenant, in the, in the Old Testament or under the Old Covenant. Moses was told that he could not see that greater glory of God at that time, that God would show him his hinder parts, the afterglow. But even in doing that, he pointed to the time that, Moses, that we would see that glory. And uh, that goes on and on. Well, the greater work of God is that that glory now reveal now abides in you. Paul says, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, he is speaking about the gospel. If you read from verse 1 all the way through, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He's talking about the gospel there. You can read it. And where does that come from? Verse 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts. That never happened under the, in the Old Testament. That never happened under the Old Covenant. Never. It never did. They had types and shadows given to them. They had a pillow of fire by day, a pillow uh, uh, by night, a pillow of cloud by day. They had that cloud filling the tabernacle. All of that. All of that. The testimony, the testimony, the testimony. Yes. And it was a phenomenal thing to see. And we can't really, it, the, the Red Sea rolling back. And a baptism that we have come to in Christ, which is a much greater baptism. Oh yes, a greater baptism. But hun, then, that, that was a great miracle, and it would be in the natural a great miracle today. What I'm telling you, darling, that all of the things that God did, the greatness of the miracles, the, 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 the uh, turning the, I mean, just, you just name it. Their deliverances out of Egypt and then their deliverances there in Canaan and one after another. But the greater works of God are in Christ. And those works of God are in you. Those works of God are in you. Because Christ is in you. Christ is in you. The greater work of Solomon, the greater work of wisdom, the greater wisdom is not that which was given to Solomon, even though it be the greatest thing in that day. The greater wisdom is Christ Himself. And 
in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, along about verse 30, but of God, but of God are you in Christ Jesus. Oh yes, it's a work of God. Who is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption, none of those things were available. They were promised, but not available under the old covenant. They could not be available until he whose right it is should come. Until the seed promised of God should come. Until the Son of God, of which Israel was a testimony at one time, a type, a shadow, all of that, until that Son did come. But when the fullness of the time was come, Galatians 4, when the fullness of the time was come, what happened? God sent forth His Son. He didn't send forth another promise. He didn't send forth another prophecy. He sent forth His Son. He hath spoken in that Son. Now back to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. Verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Now Paul just brings that right inside the believer now. You notice this? He brings it right inside the believer. Have shined in our hearts. To give what Moses wanted to know and to understand and to see. To give the light. God hath shined in our hearts. Not into, in, from within, in our heart. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Oh yes. God hath revealed, Paul says, His Son in me. And His prayer for every church was that those believers would turn to see the Lord and seek His face. Paul said, I'm praying for you. I never quit praying for you. That God may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom greater than that of Solomon. The spirit of wisdom that he may reveal his son in you. That God would give to you the spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of Christ. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now that's all in Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 17 and 18 in there. That you may come to know. Well, what it's all about is that you may come to know Christ as He truly is. And that you may walk in the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Looking into the very face of Jesus Christ. That's what John calls walking in the light as He is in the light. 
What we're we talking about? I'm talking about the greater works of God in Christ. We find types and shadows of them throughout the scripture, hon. That's, that's what is set forth, a testimony. A testimony that, which God used persons, places, things, prophecies, and buildings. You understand what I'm saying? Because Moses, the tabernacle of Moses wasn't just built because Moses sat down and worked out a blueprint. No, God gave him a pattern supernaturally because the pattern would be fulfilled in the sun. And we've come to that sun. We've come to that sun. Now, I want us to, I want us to read, I want us to, to read about that. Let me look here. About that, yeah. Because I've said we are, we're, we're that house. But now look. In Hebrews 3, verse 1. I've got written here the greater house than that of Moses. Moses was a, was a testimony of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 3, verse 1 through 6. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Consider the high priest, consider the apostle of our salvation, of our faith. Christ Jesus, the Lord, who was faithful to him, who was faithful to him, it means the son faithful to the father, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man, speaking of Jesus Christ, was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. I'm talking about the greater works of God in Christ, of which all of the other was a type and shadow. You see, I'm not talking about a greater work that is yet to come. I'm talking about the answer to the promises, to the types, the shadows, that has now come in Christ. The greater glory has now come in Christ. And Paul is saying, God hath shined in our hearts. Not, not a lesser glory in a building over here so we can go into that building. No, that, that time has come and gone. The tabernacle has come and gone. The reality has come in Christ and is for eternity. Eternity. 
God hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Christ in you is the glory of God. Christ in you is the brightness. Let me, let me read something else to you. Now, we're in, we're in Hebrews 3, but I want to start here. Let me just get to it here. I've still got, oh, 10 minutes or so. Hebrews 1, Hebrews 1, Hebrews chapter 1. This is what we're talking about, actually. Hebrews chapter 1, talking about coming from the first to the second, from the old to the new. Not that a new is yet to come, has come, is come in Christ. That's our salvation, darling. Our salvation is not simply the old wearing out or we getting out of the old. Our salvation is coming into the new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things, that is the first things, the things of that covenant, of that age, are done away are done away. Behold, the new is come. King James will say, Behold, all things are become new. The actual translation is, Behold, the new is come. And it's Christ, hon, who makes all things new. A new creation because it is a new creation in Christ. And that's where we dwell. That's where we have come to in our salvation. Hebrews. God who at sundry times diverse manners. And I've told you that. This over here. It was God speaking, no doubt about it. But it was God giving a testimony of a more sure word, of an eternal word, of a living word, that was yet to come. God giving that testimony. Diverse manners. Spake in time past. Under the fathers by the prophets. Hath. In these. Last days. Again. Again. A a more original translation uh, in some of even the revised vis revisions uh, of, 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 of King James, but particularly in the, in the older transcripts, says this, hath in the end, because Christ is the end of those days, hath in the end of those days spoken in Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now, it's what I'm after. Who being the brightness of his glory, who's that? His Son, Christ. Who being the brightness of his glory, where is that son? 
For those who are born again, he is in you. Our salvation is that he is in us. This is who he is. In you is where he is. And where you are, and these are not geographical locations, they are eternal. Eternal unions. Eternal relationship. Eternal unions. Christ in you. Who be in the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. When he hath by himself purged our sins and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And hon, that's where you are made to set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It is the very salvation of our soul. But now having read about that in chapter 1 verse 3, let's look back to chapter 3. And we read verse 1. Consider the apostle, the high priest, who, who was faithful. Let me see if I've got the right glasses on. I don't have. I kept trying to adjust this where I could read what's before me here. Now, who was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. See, we've already been here, and then I went off on it a while. Inasmuch, why is he counted worthy of more glory than Moses? Because, inasmuch, seeing that, inasmuch as he who hath built it, the house has more honor than the house. We're the house that Christ built. Hear me, Peter. What you have just called me, Christ the Son of the living God, is true, but only my Father could have shown you that. And I say that the, very, that the very stone that you have just laid down for a foundation, upon that very stone, that very understanding of me, that very thing that I am, that my Father has shown you, upon that rock, I will build my house. I will build my church. It's the same thing. I will build my body. I will build it. 
And we'll be looking as we go on in these studies. He does that through the greater power. The greater power. The supreme power. The power that worketh in Christ is that power that by Christ worketh in us. It is the power of His resurrection. We'll have to come back to that. But here it is. Nonetheless, every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony. Now hear this, folks of those things which were to be spoken after. That after is fulfilled in Christ. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast, if we stand fast in the faith, standing fast in Christ and the confidence, and the rejoicing of the, oh my, of hope fulfilled, of hope now come, of expectation, oh yes, living, living, fulfilled. Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit saith today, if you will hear his voice. Now see, this is the letter to the Hebrews. It's a letter to the Hebrews. And the writer here was continually bringing, bringing the reality of, of our salvation over from the old into Christ, the new, and presenting the whole thing. Presenting, presenting God's word in the Son, presenting God's glory in the Son, presenting the high priest in the Son, over and over and over, through the whole letter, he does this. We have come to the greater work of God in Christ. We'll be a long time, be a long time whether we do it in these sessions or not, would be a long time coming to see, to know all of these greater works because Christ Himself is the greater work, the finished work of God. And it is the joy of the Father's heart to teach us to open our eyes, to see, to know, to grow up in, as it were, this son. So I'm going to stop right here. The greater works of God in Christ. I will build my church. Yes. And honey, it's the greatest thing ever built. Blessed be the Lamb of God. The Father's house. The Father's household. My, my.
Not made with hands. Not made with hands. God is the builder of it. Whose workmanship we are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of those things we'll have to look at as we look at the greater works of God in Christ. All right, thank you, and thank you for being with us. Uh, we love this time that we spend together with you uh, in whatever means and by whatever method, whether it's uh, in video or whether it's in audio or in whatever way you're able to receive it. Uh, we appreciate the fact that you allow us to do it. And we also appreciate those that are, that are helping us do it, and we thank you for that as well. Uh, you who send support for CMI, and uh, because what comes in here to CMI uh, is used for what goes forth out of here every single day in one way or another. So thank you for keeping us online. Thank you for helping us to reach out beyond ourselves throughout the body of Christ and around the world. We appreciate it very much. Whatever we can do for you, please do not hesitate to let us know. Remember, June 21st through June 25 is our annual CMI Bible Conference right here, right here where we are now, here in Arkansas. And uh, any questions that you have, we can answer them. Uh, more information will be dealt with as we go toward that time. Uh, if you need uh, help with uh, places to stay, let us know that. But we're looking forward to seeing you during that week of ingathering and of sharing that reality which is Christ himself. Hallelujah. The Lord bless, and we'll continue later. Amen. <laughs>